trust you, God, but I don't really trust you that much. I, I, I thought that video was so good. Today we're going to be talking about getting my lean back. And uh, here's the thing. God calls us to lean on Him. To not lean on people, to not lean on uh, technology. Uh, even though I lean on Google a lot, hallelujah. But God calls us to simply lean on Him. I want to share a scripture with you today as we get started. Proverbs 3 uh, chop, Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 3. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you got a real Bible that has pages, you are more holy than most, and I'm proud of you. I'm just kidding. But if you have your Bible this morning, verse 3 says this. My son, do not forget the law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you and bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and, and man. Verse 8 says this, and this is where we're going to hang our hat today. Trust in the Lord with all your, you might know what it says? Heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths today we're going to talk about getting my lean back learning to lean on jesus i had a really good idea that maybe not was not a great idea but i thought it was this is what i was going to do but it rained so i didn't get to do it i was going to bring a mattress into church today I, I took my daughter's mattress off of her bed it's okay she sleeps with me anyway so she wasn't using it anyway it's just too much information for you, I'm sorry. Anyways, and so I took her mattress, and last night I had to test this out because, you know, companies, they do this thing where they do the trust thing like we just saw in the video, and I was going to bring the mattress in here and, uh, and, 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 and just fall back on it. That's hard. Like, real talk, it is hard. If you put, even though I knew there was a mattress back there, I, like I put a mattress right behind me, and, and my, my, my wife came into the room and said, why do you have the mattress in the middle of the floor? I said, I'm working on my sermon. Leave me alone. <laughs> and and uh, she said, are you putting people to sleep? Maybe. No, she didn't. Anyways, and so I was sitting there, and I was like, all right, I crossed my arms, and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Like she did. It's so funny, because I, I crossed my arms and said, it sounded like I was having problems of some sort. But I said, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm really going to do it. I said, oh, I can't. It was so hard. Because even though I knew there was a mattress there to catch me, I couldn't see where I was falling. And so that's sometimes how life is. Is we know or we're told that God is there to catch us, but we can't see him. And so it's really hard to fall and to lean into nothing and believe that God is going to be there to catch us. And so I cheated. I turned around and went face first first. <laughs> and don't you wish God has it, had an easy button sometimes? And so we look into the scripture, and I see some things that are very important that we need to get a hold of. And the first thing is, we need to keep stuff like this, not just in our minds, but in our hearts. Because he even says that in there. Write these things on the tablet of your heart. If you have information, but you don't have revelation, there's never going to be a transformation. 
If you have information, but you never have it revealed in your heart, it can never transform your life. I can know all the day long and twice on Sunday that I can lean on God. But if I don't have that thing revealed in my heart, I'm never going to fall back on that mattress and I'll never learn to really lean on Jesus. But if we're going to be successful in this life and if we're going to have a long life, we've got to learn that we can lean on Jesus. And the problem is that... In order to do it, we have to try it. In order to really learn to lean on Jesus, we have to give him a chance. The Bible says to write these things on my heart. And when we allow God to write his word on our hearts, we don't just store the information. that, That revelation is able to change us. Some of the coolest things in my life is where I gave, I gave God a chance to prove who he said he was, and he did, and it changed my life because I realized that not only does the Bible say that God will do this and that, but he actually will. Like in that video, the girl was like, oh, I'm going to do it. No, I can't. Oh, I'm going to fall back to Jesus. And she just walked back to him, and she didn't really fall the first time. But when she actually gave Jesus the opportunity, and she fell back into him, the second time it was much easier. Why? Because she knew that he was behind, him the, behind her the whole time. But when she actually gave him the opportunity to catch her, the first time, then every other time was much easier we got to get these things in our heart we can't just put them in our mind they have to be something that's written on the tablet of our heart and I think that that, you know the thing that draws my attention almost as much as anything else is when it says for length of days and a long life not only do we need to write these things on the tablet of our heart but if we if we're able to do that They're going to give us a length of days and a long life and favor with God and men. How many want a short life? Not me either. I got my hand up and I don't know why. (laughs) That's one of those things I didn't need to raise my hand for. In order to have a length of days and long life, if we're able to just simply lean and trust on God, then we're able to have length of days and long life. Why? Because we aren't stressing ourselves out all the time. I remember a couple years ago, I went through a stressful year, and one year I was 28, the next year I was 35. Holy Lord, I got, I, went, I, st- I had to change hair cutters or, or hairstylists because they started judging me for the amount of gray hair was in my head. They thought they were pointing out gray hair. Really what they were, th- they were pointing out is a lack of faith. Hmm. We have a long life because when we learn to lean on Jesus, then we don't have to stress out about things because we know that God's got it. And we can have that information in my mind. How many of you have said it? Well, I know that the Bible says this, but there's that magic word. But. I know that God says he'll heal me, but will he? I know that God says he will provide, but will he? I know that God says he'll take care of me, But will he? 
Here's the thing. That's not leaning on God. That's leaning on your own understanding. Because if that thing was written on the tablet of your heart and you were convinced and you were deciding that I'm going to trust God no matter what, then those would not be questions. They would be expectations that if I have a problem in my life, I don't have to stress about it. I just got to lean on Jesus. I just got to hand that thing over. I just got to lay it down at his feet. Because if it's written on the tablet of my heart that Jesus is good and he is strong and he is with me wherever I go, I don't have a reason to stress about anything in this world. How many wants some stress-free days? Oh, you know, there are some times I get phone calls and I got to hang up and say, Jesus, you're better than that phone call. Jesus, you are better than that doctor's report. You are stronger than that sickness. You are bigger than my problems. Instead, sometimes we pick those things up ourselves and we carry things that we were never meant to carry. The Bible says in those scriptures to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. And to trust in something means that I'm secure in that thing. It means I am fixed firmly in the hand of Christ. And nothing that I go through is going to shake that trust. When I say I trust in the Lord, it's not simply an emotional high that I get one time or another, and then when things come into my life, I let that thing go. No, whenever I say I trust in the Lord, when we say we trust in the Lord, then we say I am secure in His hand. That there is nothing that can shake me out of His hand. There is nothing that can come into my life that can steal me from His hand. That anything that comes against me, He's able to hold me through, and He's able to give me grace to get through the the other side when I say I trust in God that means I know I am secure in him and when I know I'm secure in him I can go through any storm and it's going to be all right every little thing is going to be all right I'm not going to sing I wish I could sing I'd be I wouldn't even preach I'd just be singing the whole time I'd be writing sermons and it'd be all song lyrics I tell people all the time God didn't let me sing because I'd be a, I'd be like a walking Disney movie Sometimes I sing anyway, and people don't like it. <laughs> Josh, my wife, <laughs> everybody. Anyways, and so to trust in the Lord means that I'm gonna. It's not only that I know God's able to hold on to me, but it means I'm gonna hold on to God, no matter what. To trust in the Lord, I know that He's able to hold on to me, and I know that in my mind, and it changes my life when I get it into my heart. But it also means I'm gonna hold on to Him, no matter what. Because sometimes whenever we get ready to go through things and, we, and, and there's a bad doctor's report or people are getting on our last nerves and they're testing every bit of our Christianity and all those things and, and we know that we need to lean on God to love people and we need to lean on God to get through things and instead of leaning on God in that time, we just pick up that stress and we carry it with us and we begin carrying weight that we were never meant to carry. And instead of leaning on Jesus, now we are picking up weight. But the best outcome of any situation isn't finding my own way. Most of the time that we, when we go through things, we say, well, I'll figure it out. Is that true? Have you ever said that before? You're going through stuff in your life, and you're like, man, that's all right. We're going to figure this out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm strong enough. I can handle it. I can handle it. Man, how many times a day you say, I can handle it. Finances are bad. I can handle it. I can take care of my family. I got to tell you, no, you can't. Not in your own strength. 
You might be able to do it for a while, but if you don't have the help of the Lord, your, weak is, your, your strength is going to run out, and you're going to get frustrated, and you're going to get tested, and your marriage is going to suffer, and your children are going to suffer. But if you hand those things over to the hand of God and allow Him to take care of it, and you lean on Jesus, then it doesn't matter what comes against your family. It doesn't matter what comes against your marriage. You're going to be able to hold on because you're leaning on a structure that's strong enough to handle the weight of your problem. You see, when we lean on ourselves, we're not strong enough to handle the weight of our issues. There's a reason the Bible tells us to lean on God and not on our own, on, on our own understanding. It's because we were not built to carry the weight, but Jesus was. And when we lean on him and we allow him to be the thing that helps us carry our weight, then we know we can get through it because we are resting in a power that's much greater than what we have. We are resting in a God that's bigger than we are. I know that because it says to it says to lean not on my under, I know these things because it says not to lean on my own understanding. And so here's the thing. God sees the whole picture while I'm just looking at the obstacle. I saw the, how many of you ever seen this movie Patch Adams? I don't remember if it was good or bad. I just remember one thing about that movie. I know it's really old, it has Robin Williams in it. And I watched Aladdin, so I love Robin, Robin Williams. Then I found out other things about him. I was like, man, this guy's not who I thought he was. But anyways. Some of you know what I'm talking about, some of you don't. But in that movie, it was this really crazy guy, okay? He's in this insane asylum of some sort, some kind of medical hospital. And everybody thought this guy was crazy, okay? And, and he would always go around and he'd say, how many fingers am I holding up? How many fingers am I holding up? Four. No, you're wrong. You're crazy. You're dumb. I'm just kidding. You're not dumb. You're, you're good in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to do this to my wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cole, how many fingers am I holding up? Nope, not four. Okay, here's the thing. So that looks like I'm crazy, because how many fingers am I holding up? Four. So I, even when I was watching the movie, I was like, this guy is outside of his mind. What in the world is he talking about? And so one day, Patch Adams, who's a doctor, he actually sat down with this guy, and he said, what are you talking about? There are literally, he counted them, one, two, three, four. There are four fingers. He said, and the guy said to him, the crazy guy said to Dr. Patch Adams, a.k.a. Robin Williams, he looked at him and said, no, you're looking at the wrong thing. So what are you talking about? He said, look past your hand. And when you look, I want everybody to do this. You're going to feel like you're retarded, or, or not, I'm sorry, not, I, don't, I don't like that word. You're going you're gonna to feel, uh, feel silly, uh, but put your hand in front of your face, everybody. Everybody, no V in that word, everybody. Hold up four fingers. Now look at your fingers. Now look past your fingers. How many fingers do you see? Lots. Everybody's going to see something else, depending on how your eyes focus. Because when you did that, when you're focusing on the thing right in front of you, you see four fingers. But when you focus on whatever's behind you, behind the obstacle, you see the bigger picture, right? And so the guy wasn't crazy. He was actually pretty smart. You see, that's what we do with Jesus is sometimes instead of focusing on the big picture, we just focus on that one thing that's right in front of our face and it totally blocks everything that's beyond that one obstacle. And so if I rest in what I see, if I rest in what I'm able to see, I don't feel secure. If I rest in what I am able to see in my life, if I rest in what I see in front of me, most of the time, I'm not going to feel secure. Because sometimes we can't see clearly because we're not properly really leaning on Jesus. 
We're looking at our problems. We're looking at our issues. We're looking at our finances. And God is trying to convince us, look past the obstacles. Look past those things. And so some of us, whenever we're dealing with issues, we have different things that we depend on. Some of us depend on other people. Some of us depend on alcohol. Some of us depend on eating too much. Some of us depend on phone calls and text messages and different substances. But can I tell you that I think one of the biggest problems that in, in our lives as Christians is that we have all these other dependencies, but we don't have enough God dependency? I had a conversation with someone several years ago, and I'm not going to get into whether or not alcoholism, I know alcoholism is a sin, but whether or not alcohol is a sin in the church of God, it is deemed a sin. Uh, according to our minutes, uh, personally, that's between you and Jesus. But I remember having this conversation, and this is my problem with alcohol, is I was having this conversation with this person, and they, and they went home, and they had a drink every day. And I said, why do you have a drink every day? They said, well, it helps me uh, wind down. It helps me deal with my issues. It helps me calm down from my day. And my problem with that is that person was depending, and I'm not judging them, but what they're doing is they're depending on peace to come out of a bottle instead of peace to come from heaven. And if the Bible didn't say anything about whether or not alcohol was a sin or not, that would present an issue with me because that means that I'm not leaning on Jesus for my peace. I'm leaning on substances. And the problem with that is that they will let you down. In fact, you know, those companies like we saw up there, it's a big thing in companies Well, they'll, they'll do, you know, when they're trying to do team building, they'll do what we saw, and it's called the trust test, and, and they'll let people fall back on one person or another. And, and sometimes, you know, and every time it's going to work, like there's always going to be like, Aaron, come here for a second. There's always going to be a person, turn around, you trust me? <laughs> Just fall back, I'm big enough to catch you. So there's always going to be a person there to catch you, or a team. And so, and that's in the business, you can sit down now. Whenever you're doing that in a business model, you're always safe, because somebody's going to be there to catch you, but the problem with it is that's not life. You see, when Aaron knew he could lean on me in that setting, because I was going to be there to catch him, and we think that there's always going to be there there's always going to be people there to catch us. We think that when we lean on our friends that because they're a good friend, they're always going to be there for us. But the truth is, is that people are fickle and people make mistakes and good people do bad things. And sometimes we lean so much on people that sometimes when we lean on them, they're not there to catch us and we fall. And there are other times, I need somebody, hey, come here, little iron, come here. I categorize them by size because there are so many of them. If I were to tell you to catch me, <laughs> could I trust you to do it? No, okay, at least you're honest. You can go sit down. And so, <laughs> what are y'all laughing at? Here's the thing. He, he wasn't even going to try to catch me because he knows he has the potential in that situation to become a pancake. <laughs> Sometimes it's not that people mean to let us down. It's that our weight is too heavy for them to carry. It's not, it's not that people are bad. And some of us hold hard feelings toward people because they let us down when we needed them most. But really... We let ourselves down because in those times where you feel like people let you down, maybe you were leaning on them too much when you should have been leaning on Jesus. 
Maybe you were leaning on someone to give you an answer, someone to listen to your problems, when really you should have taken that thing to Jesus because maybe that person you were leaning on, they weren't strong enough to handle your problems. And it's not their fault because really when we're going through craziness and we're going through mess, we don't need to get a hold of our best friend all the time. The first person we need to get a hold of is Jesus because he's able to carry it. He's able to walk with us through it. And when we get too weak to walk on our own, he'll carry us through it. He can't carry me through my problems every time I go through a problem. My wife can't carry me every time I have an issue. But when I go to Jesus, he's able to lift me up when I'm sad, when I'm mad, when I'm hurting. He's able to come right into my life and pick me out of the miry clay and set me up on a high place. And he'll never let me down or drop me. He's got my back. Can I tell you today, God has your back and he won't drop you. He's not too weak to save you. His arm isn't too short. He's strong enough. He can handle your weight. He can handle your weight. Bible tells us to lean on Jesus and we were wanting to lean on people and then we get mad when people disappoint us. But see, here's the thing we have to understand. The devil wants to steal our lean. The devil wants us The devil wants us to lean more on our own understanding and less on our faith in Jesus. He wants us to lean more on what we can do and what we think. But the problem with that is we are finite. We are limited. And when we say things like, I can handle it, it's a lie. I done wore this rag out. This thing has so much sweat. I done ate through it. I really don't know what happened to this rag. I I hope it's not my sweat that did this. Hopefully it's bleach or something. But anyways, if I sweat like that, I need to get checked out because there is something wrong with my sweat glands. If we could handle the weight of our, the devil wants wants to steal our lean, but we can't handle the weight of it. He wants us to steal our ability to lean on Jesus. The problem is, is that puts all the pressure on us, and we weren't built to handle the weight. If we were built to, ha- to carry the weight of our sin, Jesus would have never had to go to Calvary. If we were built to be able to handle our depression and our anxiety and our sickness and our infirmities and our, in- and our iniquities and all of those things, then Jesus would have never had to go to Calvary. But he did, because we can't. When we try to lean on our own abilities, or even the abilities of those around us, we are guaranteeing, we are writing a stamp, a guaranteed stamp, that somewhere along the way, we are going to fall. When we lean too much on people, when we lean too much on ourselves, on our own understanding, we're going to fall. Even Jesus had to lean on somebody. You know, a lot of times we don't even think about this scripture, but you know in the Bible where Jesus is carrying the cross and in our minds, he carried it all the way to Calvary because he's God and he's strong and he is all those things. But on the way, he needed help to carry the cross up to Calvary. If Jesus needed help to carry his cross, why do you think you don't need help carrying yours? If Jesus needed help carrying his weight and his burden while he was in his humanity, Why do we think I can handle it? Why do I say to myself, I can do it? It's at the end of our strength 
in the middle of our weakness that we really find out how strong God is. Because in those times, when we lean on Him, we find that we can make it through, not because of how strong we are, but because of how strong He is. And so, the devil wants us to lean on our own understanding, and the problem is that we're finite, we're limited. We can't see the end of the pressure, we can't see the purpose of the pressure, and we can't see the problem as a whole. All we see is the pain and the pressure that we're under. We don't even understand it. But God, God sees the beginning of the problem. He sees the pressure of the problem. And he sees when the problem that we have is going to be in the past. I think one, one reason we give up so easily is because while we're being pressured by the issues in our life, we, get, we, we feel pressured because we can't see the end. You know, it's kind of like whenever I used to have, I mean, played sports in school. Anybody play sports when you were in school or after school? I remember when we used to do sprints. And as you can see, I probably love sprints, right? <laughs> that was a joke. You can laugh, okay? <laughs> but it was okay because toward the end of football practice, and my football coach, I think, was from the devil because he would always do it at the end of football practice where we were always tired and ready to just feel like we were going to die from exhaustion and we'd hear, alright guys, sprints, line up. Actually, my coach, he had a funny voice like, alright guys, y'all go ahead, we're going to line up. He sounded like a guy from Bobby, Bobby Boucher or something, like from the Water Boy. Like, you had to have an interpreter to find out what in the world he was saying. Alright guys, you got to line up, we're going to line up, we're going to do the sprints. I was like, what? Took me three years to figure out how to understand what in the world he's saying. He call, he come in the huddle call a play. I wouldn't know what he said. I just say, okay, y'all, y'all, y'all just block somebody. I don't know what he said. But he come in there and he would he would uh, we would do sprints at the end of practice, and I felt like I was gonna die. But I knew that we had ten sprints back and forth, and I could count them and I could see the end, and so I could make it. I saw the end of it. I saw there was light at the end of the tunnel. The reason why it's so easy for us to give up is because. In life, there's not a tunnel. We can't always see the end of the pressure. We can't always see the end of the resistance. And when you can't see the end of it, it's a lot easier to just say, I'm going to be in this place for the rest of my life. And so I'm just going to give up because it's not worth it. But when we lean on God, He sees the whole picture. He sees the beginning of the pressure. He sees the reason for the pressure. And he knows whenever the pressure that we're under is going to be in our past. And so my question for you today as I get ready to close is who are you leaning on? Who are you leaning on? Daniel, if you'll come play for me. Who are you leaning on in every situation in your life? Who are you leaning on whenever things get hard? Who are you leaning on whenever you get bad doctor's reports? Who are you leaning on when your kids and grandkids are going absolutely crazy? Who are you leaning on and is it working? Every day we have to make a choice. You know, there's an old song that I used, I actually almost sang it, almost had to sing it today. But I thought about it last minute so I didn't want to put undue pressure on people. But you know that old song, you know, Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms or all harms. 
All, huh? Alarm, I was right the first time. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. When we lean on Jesus, when we lean on Jesus, we are leaning on a power that is so much greater than our own. When we lean on Jesus, we can be guaranteed, guaranteed that we can make it through. When we lean on Jesus, I can be confident. I can be confident in the middle of cancer. I can be confident in the middle of depression and anxiety. I can be confident in the middle of problems in my marriage. I can be confident in the middle of chaos because I know when I lean on Jesus, He can carry the weight of my issues. When I'm broken and I feel like I can't go anymore and I feel like I can't do it and I feel like just giving up and you feel like you're so weak you just can't go on, that's a great place to be because that's a perfect place to hand all of that stuff over to Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't handle this. I can't hold this. It's too heavy. And leave leave that thing at the foot of the cross and allow him to carry it for us and then we know we can make it through. When we get to that place where we are so tired, where we are so tired, we don't know how we're going to make it through. If we decide to lean, somebody say lean. If we decide to lean on Jesus, there's something that happens. I said earlier that you gotta, you gotta have revelation in your heart, not just information in your mind. When I, when I have it revealed in my heart, and I lay that thing at the foot of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus, the foot of the cross, there's a peace that surpasses every single bit of my understanding. And I know in that moment that everything is going to be all right. I've got a feeling, that's a song, everything's going to be all right. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Can I tell you today? I'm leaning on Jesus. And because of that, I have a feeling. I have an assurity. It's not even just a feeling because feelings, they come and go. But I have this assurity and this boldness in my spirit that when I lean on Jesus, everything. Somebody say everything. Everything is going to be all right. My bills are going to be all right. My family's going to be all right. My marriage is going to be all right. I may have to do some legwork, but if I lean on Jesus and allow him to help me take care of it, it's going to be all right. What are you leaning on today? Are you leaning on something solid? You 
leaning on something that's going to hold your weight. If you're not, today if you're not, you're leaning on your own understanding, you're leaning on your own ability to make sense of things, I encourage you to give those things to Jesus. I encourage you to let him carry the weight that you were never meant to carry. And so today, with every head bowed, if you'll stand with me. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to do two prayers today. I've got two altar calls. The first one's for salvation. We lean on Jesus for our salvation. It's not that we're good enough. It's not that we can get our way into heaven on our own ability. But we lean on Jesus to save us and to forgive us for our sins and change us and create in us a new heart so that we're a new person. And today, if you do not have an active relationship with Jesus, you feel like you're leaning on your own strength, you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, I want to pray with you. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. If you need to either rededicate your life or you need to give your life to Christ for the first time, right now, I want you to lift your hand. Don't miss this opportunity to lean on Jesus for your salvation. If that's you, don't miss this opportunity. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Now you say, Pastor Jay, you're taking a long time to do this. It's worth it. Anybody else? You need to give your heart to Jesus this morning. Now this morning I want to do something I normally don't do, but I felt led to do it. If that's you and you raised your hand this morning and you want salvation, I want to challenge you to do something by faith. And it's not easy, but it'll help change your life. I want you to come out in the aisle, and I want you to meet me down here at the altar. Don't be afraid. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. I don't care if you prayed the same prayer a thousand times or this is your first time. Come and meet me down here at the altar. I'll give him a hand clap of praise right now. Give him a hand clap for coming down here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You guys come on beside each other. This is an important moment in both of your lives. Doesn't matter what happened before today. Doesn't matter. What matters is what ha what's happening right now. So I want to pray with you that you would give your life, every part of who you are to Jesus. Lean on him for your goodness, for your righteousness, because there's no righteousness in you. But he's going to forgive you of every sin right now, of every shortfalling that you have. And he's going to write your name down in the Lamb's book of life. And you're going to be totally new. Will you guys pray with me? I want you to pray this prayer right after me. Lord. I ask that you would forgive me 
I lay my life at the foot of the cross. I acknowledge I have sinned against you. And I ask for forgiveness. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you were born from a perfect virgin. I believe that you lived a sinless life. That you died for my sins. And that you rose again to give me life. I lay my life down. And I follow you. I give my whole life to you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would y'all give, give these guys a hand clap and give the Lord a hand clap of praise? I love you guys. I love you guys. You guys. Thank you, Lord. Give a good hand clap of praise. That's good. That's good. That's good. There are angels singing right now. Angels singing right now in heaven. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's somebody else I want to pray for. I know this. Pastor Day is a long altar call. Today, if you're leaning, I don't, I don't want to rush any of this, but today, if you just need prayer because you are leaning on your own ability, and you just say, Pastor Jay, I just want you to pray with me that you would help me lean on Jesus. Would you lift your hand right now? You can admit that. Say, Pastor Jay, I'm leaning on my own ability and I need his help. So I want a close service. Would you grab hands with the first? Grab hands. Would you hold the hand of the person next to you? And we're going to pray. If my baptism people will start making their way to where you need to be. Lord, you know the weight of sin. And you know the weight that we carry, God, when we don't allow you to carry our burdens. Father, I pray over every person in this place today, God. We join together as a family of faith. And we pray, God, for every person that needs strength, that needs to learn to lean on you more, God. I pray, God, you would show them how, that you would draw them in, and that they would lay every burden down at your feet, God. Father, everything that the enemy has stolen from them, God, I pray that they would receive it back tenfold, Lord. Father, for family members that have been lost to sin, God, I pray for redemption in those families, Lord. Father, we thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. If you will, would you be seated, please? Today, we have a few things that we're going to do. And thank you. Thank you very much. How many of you enjoy being in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Today is a good day. Today, uh, I get to do two things that I love doing more than anything. And first, we're going to receive some new members into the church. And so during the next portion of this service, um, once you get to where you're going, I just ask that you're reverent. And um, I know it's a little bit longer, but it's important. Aren't these things important? 
so please, not a lot of moving around. We want to be reverent to God and His Spirit and what He's doing in the lives of people. And um, if you absolutely have to go, try to wait a little longer. But if you have to, somebody's dying or your house is on fire, I understand. Um, those are the only two reasons. But, <laughs> but today, first thing I want to do is we're going to receive new members into our local body. They're already a, body, they're already a part of the body of Christ. Um, but today they're saying that I want to join Impact Church. Um, and before I do that, I wanted to just kind of talk for just a few short seconds about church membership and what it's about. Because some people, it's really funny, because in the old days, older days, years ago, people thought, as long as I got my name on a church roll, I'm going to heaven. It's not true, but a lot of people thought, well, my name is at, you know, the first street on the second corner of that, of that church over there that has name this long. My name's on that roll, and I went there 10 years ago, so it's okay, I'm going to heaven. It's not true. But now there's a paradigm that we think we don't need to be a member of a local body to go to heaven. And I think we're, we're, we need to meet somewhere in the middle because we don't have to be a member of a church to get to heaven, but we definitely need to be a member of a church to grow in our faith. And so I want to share with you just really quickly what church membership is about. First of all, it's about community. You guys can come on in. You're not going to hurt anything. Um, first of all, it's about community. When we join a church, we become part of a community of believers which serves to encourage us, to pray with us, to celebrate with us, and to cry with us. Community is important because it provides us with accountability and surrounds us with people who want to see us succeed in our faith. Church membership is about discipleship because when we join a church, we are saying that they, that they are when we join a church, we're saying that we are a disciple of Christ and we want to continue to grow under that umbrella of believers. Church membership is about buy-in, and this is huge. We are buying into the vision of the church and the teachings of the denomination. We accept that vision as our own mission that God has given us. We're saying that we aren't just going to be consumers, but we're going to be producers. When we buy in, we go all in. Not just partly. Now, we don't just get our toes wet a little bit. And be just like in this baptism tub, all the way in. That mug is about this tall, too. I got a chair in there for the short people. Lastly, church membership is about investment. I talk a lot about investment. I believe in kingdom investment. When we choose to join a church, we're saying we are going to invest our prayers, our time, our tithe, and our energy into this local body. And so today we have several that are wanting to join the church and a few that are here. So today if you've, if you've told us you want to join, will you come and come join me down here at the altar right now, if that's you? Come on down. If you will, would you stand facing the crowd over here? You guys give my hand. Thank you. Thank you very much for wanting to, for being here today and having a desire to be a part of this local body. Um, one thing I feel about people is people are not numbers. They are important and you are vital to the body of Christ. And I thank you for all the things you've already been doing while you're here, for being faithful 
And I'm excited about what God is going to use you to do as a part of Impact Church. And so I have a few things. It's commitments I need from you guys. And I'm going to read them to you. And as I read them to you, you can respond with, I do. And so first, you realize in presenting yourself for membership that you are assuming a solemn obligation. And it is expected that you will always be true to your promise and faithfully fulfill and discharge your obligation as a loyal member? Do you publicly confess and testify that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior in the full pardon of your sins? Are you willing to walk in the light of the Scripture as it shines upon your path? Are you willing to abide by and subscribe to the disciplines of the Scripture? Are you willing to support the church with your attendance and temporal means to the best of your ability as the Lord prospers you? Do you agree to be subject to the counsel and admonition of those who are over you in the Lord? All right. If there's any reason that anybody else has, if you have a reason they shouldn't be able to be members today, tell me after we receive them and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Just kidding. But today, by the authority invested, or by the authority vested in me as a minister of the Church of God, I take great pleasure in receiving you into our beautiful body. And so I want to pray over you right now. Let's pray. Lord, Christine, will you come play with me, please? Father God, I pray over these families, Lord. I pray for these babies, Lord. And Father, I thank you for all the things you're doing in their lives, God. I thank you for the ministry that they're going to be a part of at this church, Lord. And I pray that you would anoint them, God. Father, I pray, God, that you would allow your favor to chase them, God, as they come into this local body. I pray, God, that you would use this body of believers to minister to them, to be a resource to them, Lord, in their times of need. Lord, I pray for my sister right now. I pray that a fresh anointing would come into her life, God. I pray, God, that she becomes a part of this body of believers, Lord, that you would use her to be ministered to and to minister through, God. Father, I pray that this church would be a resource for her, God. Father, that this church would be a, a conduit for, for your love and for your discipleship. Father, I thank you for her, what you're going to do in her and through her. In Jesus' name, we ask that you'd add your, add your favor to her life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Would you guys give them a hand clap? Welcome them into the body of Christ. You guys can be seated. Love you guys very much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. So glad. And so now uh, we're going to prepare to do our baptism. And again, I know that this is running over a little bit, but that's okay. These are good reasons to run over, isn't it? Aren't they? And so uh, we're going to get ready to do our baptism. We have a short video, and then we'll, we'll do that now. Thank you. Today, I tell my friends, my family, the world, that the old Adam, the old Jimmy, the old Crystal is dead. 
been buried with Christ. My sin is gone. Nailed to the cross. And paid for by the blood of my Savior. Of my Jesus. Today, I declare that by God's relentless, unfailing grace, I am forgiven. So this is Mary, and she has told us that she has given her life to Jesus, and she's ready to be baptized, as all the rest of these have. And so how old are you? Eight. Eight. Can y'all hear me? Okay, eight. That's an awesome time to give your life to Jesus, isn't it? All right, so right now I want you to crack across your arms like this and hold your nose. Jump in, bro. Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just learned a valuable lesson. Don't tell people to jump in the baptistry. <laughs> How old are you? Six. You're six. Bryce's Bryce's mom Kylie texted me last week and asked if uh, if I thought it would be appropriate for Bryce to be baptized because he's six years old. And but he had a great understanding of what it means to be saved. He's he's given his heart to Jesus. And what I love is that we have young kids that are giving their heart to Jesus and ready to be baptized. That's good. And so so Bryce. According to scripture and by the authority of the church of God, I want to hold, cross your arms, hold your nose. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There you go. Woo! <laughs> I've done lots of baptisms, and this is probably my funnest. Just jump in. Bryson broke it in for you. No. Okay. 
make them. All right, so Danny, uh, Danny told us he wanted to be baptized. Danny, are you saved? You put your faith in Jesus? Yeah. All right. By the authority vested in me by the Church of God, I didn't, you want to cross you cross your arms? There you go. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Tell nobody about that Nemo towel you got. Jesse Burnett, and she has been in our youth group now for about two years, and uh, were you in WOW before that? And so this is one of our Impact Church babies that has come up through our kids' ministry, and now she's in our youth ministry. She's a hard worker. She's gotten saved, and she came to us several weeks ago and said, I want to get baptized. I put my faith in Jesus, and I want to get baptized, and so we're really excited. Jesse's a seventh grader at O'Bannon, and I believe she's going to use this experience to help impact her local school. So I want you to cross your arms, hold your nose. Now by the authority invested in me by the church of God, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There you go. All right, all right. Well, that's a good Sunday. Um, I learned valuable lessons today. Don't drop water on electrical stuff. That's a good one. Uh, don't tell kids to just jump in because they don't know the difference between playing and seriousness. Uh, but anyways, uh, thank you guys very much for being here. Um, hey, Terry, for those that, uh, that were baptized, hold them. I have certificates for them to fill out uh, so they can take those home and uh, frame them, whatever they want to do with them. Uh, and so thank you guys very much for being, being here with us today. Um, would you stand with me? Is this thing on? Oh, that's even better. Okay. Anyways, thank you guys for being here today. Um, let's pray and we'll get out of here. Lord, we just thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy. And, Father, we thank you for the lives that have been changed today, God. We thank you for those that have been baptized and that they are taking new steps in their walk with you. 
Father, I pray that this would be a day that would forever change their lives, God, that it would be a, a place that they go back to and think about as they grow in their relationship with Christ. Father, I thank you for each person, each church member that's here that is in support of those who have joined and have been baptized. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you. We have service Wednesday. We'll see you guys next week.